The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Encourage me. Listen, you need to meet with Jesus because he is the one who's going to change your life. The issues that you are wrestling with, and let's face facts, we're all wrestling with different issues. Whether they're things you're carrying from your home life, things you're carrying from your work life, stuff that's going on in relationships, whatever it might be, the stuff you are carrying, Jesus has an interest in that and he is your deliverer and he is the one who can help you. I'm trying to encourage you to look not to me, look not what is being said, but let the Holy Spirit minister the fact that Jesus is alive and he's here to help you. Because when we capture him, when we meet with him, he is the one who brings healing, deliverance, transformation. Are you stuck in some sort of addiction? And not necessarily an addiction to a drug or to alcohol, something that is gripping your life that you can't get set free from. I can't help you, but Jesus can. I can pray for you, but in the name of Jesus, he is the one who does the work. God is for you, not against you. And I want you to know that and to be strengthened by that. That is by way of introduction. That comes as free. That's just the beginning. That's just to set our hearts there. It's nothing to do with David, but we're going to come on to that in a moment. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you because you are good. We bless you because you are mighty. We bless you because you love us. We bless you, Lord, because you've not given up on us. We thank you that you are holy in all of your ways. You do not deceive us. You do not lead us up the wrong path. You do not lie to us. You do not cheat to us. You are faithful and loving and compassionate and long-suffering. And Lord, you come alongside us to help us. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you that that's what you are like. Now, Father, manifest your glory in this place. Show your love to these people. Father, to every person in this place. No one is outside of your love because we have been made by you and for you. Therefore, Lord, we pray for the release of your destiny upon our lives, O God, that we may fulfill the purpose that we are all here for, to praise and glorify your name. We ask for your blessing to be over us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Over the last uh, few weeks, if you've been here, then you would have heard some of the stories that we've been telling about overcoming. God's training ground we've been looking at. And looking at the life of David and the things that happened to David so that we can learn from them, so that we can be encouraged from them. We've seen how David was anointed as king and how God looks not on the outside, but God looks on the inside. We've talked about overcoming giants in our lives and how David went up against Goliath and he conquered that huge giant and he overcame. And then last week, Johnny was looking at the fact that we need to do what God wants us to do. There is an obedience and when we walk in obedience, then there is a blessing that comes from that. But there's problems when we continue in disobedience. But these are all things that we're learning from and we're trying to get training from it. We're trying to understand what God wants to say to us. This morning, we want to look at this particular subject or the title is this, Under Pressure. Under Pressure. 
Do you ever feel under pressure? Let's not put our hands up because I have a suspect that it's probably everyone. Do you ever feel under pressure? Pressure at work where there's deadlines that are facing us and we've got to work harder and there seems to be so much work. How are we going to reach that deadline? And people are pressing in upon us. We feel pressure in the workplace. We feel pressure financially. Especially at times when Christmas is coming and things like that. And you know that there is a desire for us to share gifts with people, but there's also a need to have money in the bank to be able to do that. Even sometimes to put meals on our table when things are coming against you, when there's rent to be paid and things are going wrong and suddenly money's not flowing, there's financial pressure and we feel that pressure and it's a burden that comes upon us and a pain that can hit us. There's pressure at school. Exams are looming and you're supposed to be doing your very best because everybody's saying the grades are the things you need to get. There's pressure that we experience there. There's pressure that we feel in relationships Relationships that can be going smoothly or relationships that are going badly. We, you know, we used to talk, we used to share together about everything, but now it doesn't even seem like we're on the same page together. There's pressure that comes in relationships. There's pressure in families, bringing up children, dealing with teenagers, crying babies. Am I ever going to get any more sleep? There's pressure in our lives. I think we all experience pressure. Now, the one thing is to experience pressure. The other thing is, how do we handle that pressure? Now, that's the interesting thing. We can all say, yes, yes, we we experience pressure, but how do we handle that pressure? And the handling of pressure, well, we handle it in different ways. Hey, let me just turn the TV on. Let me watch back-to-back episodes on Netflix of some fairly irrelevant program just so that I can numb myself for a period of time. I'm sure nobody here does that, but apparently that's one thing that people do to actually relieve pressure. Let me have another glass of wine, let me have another beer, just because it's it's social, but you know, it just helps me to forget or to move back from the pressure that I'm experiencing. Let me just tuck into another tub of Ben and Jerry's. I haven't tried that flavour, it looks very nice, and it's just comforting, and oops, it's gone from the top to the bottom, it's disappeared. But fortunately that's never happened to me. Not with Ben and Jerry's, anyway. Um, Maybe people pursue other relationships. Not the one that they're committed to, not the marriage that they're committed to, but they're looking for other relationships. Or even as we see in the news at the moment, maybe it's not looking for other relationships, but we're saying and suggesting things that we shouldn't, or we're touching people in a way that we shouldn't. Why? All because we're trying to gain something to relieve pressure so that we can feel better about ourselves. Are these really the solutions? The thing is, these are solutions that we're experiencing, but they're not necessarily the solution. The solution that comes from the Word of God says this, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me what? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus says. So today we're going to look at David. But David, during a a time of his life when he was under pressure. Last time I spoke, I spoke about him defeating Goliath, and we read then in 1 Samuel this, 1 Samuel 17 verse 4, a champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine foot tall. Now that time we were looking at the fact of how tall he was, 
I just want to mention the fact that he came from Gath. That was his hometown. Gath was one of the five big cities that the Philistines had. They had a number of... Ashkelon was another one. Gath is one of these cities. The major cities of the Philistines. Who were the Philistines? Because you read a lot about the Philistines, or if you're in America, you change it to be the Philistines. Otherwise, they don't understand what you're saying. I actually wanted to have a joke with them last week about using all different languages, you know, the way you say Philistines. You say Philistines, we say Philistines, all that sort of stuff. But I didn't. Who were the Philistines? Sorry, who were the Philistines? They, the Philistines were people who were living in the land. Actually, I've got maps, I think, haven't I? Have I got maps? Oh, I knew I needed a pointer. Never mind. Um, there's some lovely maps up there, and they're showing, they're showing Israel, okay, and they're showing where the 12 tribes were. The, the top one was just with the area of yellow, the promised land according to God's decree. You can probably see that. All you need to know is, look, that's the area of land that God says, that's what I want you to have, okay? That's the area that's yours. So when he sent the Israelites in, he said, go in and take that land. Go in and possess that land. When you look down at the, the middle picture, you see there's various other colored blocks. Everything that, thank you, Johnny. I didn't mean to get this earlier. But see here, different colored blocks, but there's these large areas of yellow that still aren't taken. Now, what happened is the Israelites went in to possess the land, but in some cases they didn't take all of the land. Why? Because they found the, the people there, they were too strong for us. And the Philistines was one of those people. The, they, you know what? They had iron chariots. We can't fight against iron chariots. How often is there things that come in our lives that we think are too much for us? Oh, I just can't do that. So you just turn away from it. Well, the Israelites did this with the Philistines. They've got iron chariots, so we won't go there. They've got more sophisticated weaponry than we have, so we won't go there. So what happens was, is that it ends up that the Philistines, who live in this area down here, and then if you look at this map, it actually says Philistia. They lived, and that's where their cities were, in this area along the coast. But the Israelites never got in there to push them out. And the result of that was, for the rest of their lives then they actually kept on fighting them. So Goliath was from this area. He was a Philistine from this area. They should have been kicked out years ago, but they never were, and he lived in the city of Gath. That's all we need to remember from last time. Okay, here we go. Let's get into today. First point, pressure builds. So we're talking about King David, and in his life, the pressure is starting to ramp up. He's experiencing pressure. He's experiencing pressure from the fact that he has been anointed as king of Israel, but he hasn't made it. He's been told he's going to be king, but there's somebody else who's king. And guess what? This didn't happen last week. It didn't happen last month. This has been going on for years. So there's a pressure there. When am I going to become king? When's it all going to happen? And I know that we can look at the other side of David. David's saying his psalms and he's saying the Lord is my shepherd and all that sort of stuff. That's just what we do from time to time. How lovely it was nice in church today. And then you go back to the office and you face the pressure that's coming against you. And suddenly those psalms seem a long way from you because now you're having to deal with this. David is having to deal with this on a weekly, monthly, yearly situation. I am king, but I'm not king. God has said, but what is he going to answer me? There is a pressure in that. Now, obviously, he has gone through that experience of defeating Goliath. Wow, he is the champion. Saul has slain his thousands, but David, his tens of thousands. He's known and his name is being bigged up, but it gets him nowhere. 
So he has to continue to be in humility over that situation. And then he cuts into problems because he's coming into relationship with the existing king. Saul is king and David is serving with him. David has got a covenant relationship with one of Saul's sons. So that means that they they have committed themselves to defend and to be for each other, no matter what the circumstances. And it gets known that David has been anointed to be king. It's known, and eventually Saul finds this out, and Saul feels threatened. The king is threatened by the one who has been anointed as king, And so Saul chases after David and he seeks to kill him. I mean, if you're at a feast and you think, is everything going all right? Is he really cross with me? I know know he's been a bit upset with me, David's thinking about Saul. But is he really? And then Saul picks up a spear and throws it at him. You sort of get the understanding, things are not right here. David has to flee for his life. Is this pressure? Yes, it's pressure. David has, through this time, which has been going on for years, he's been on the run, he's being chased by Saul and the army of Israel, he's actually had two opportunities where David could have actually killed Saul, but he said, no, I cannot raise my hand against God's anointed. It's all pressure of different types, of different, uh, affecting him at different times, but it's pressure, and it's pressure that has been building. Let's read to us one, let's read together, 1 Samuel 27, 1 to 3. But David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. So David and the 600 men with him left and went over to Achish, son of Maok, king of Gath. David and his men settled in Gath with Achish. Each man had his family with him, and David had his two wives. Where did he go? He went to Gath. Where did Goliath come from? Gath. Where's he gone? He's gone from Israel back into the land of the Philistines. Here is David, he's gone from defeating his enemy to going to live with his enemy. You see what pressure does? You see what pressure does to us? Exactly, I'm glad you're listening. You've been anointed as king, now Saul, who is king, wants to kill you. And David gets to the point where he said, I've had enough of this. Doesn't this sound very familiar? Not because we're being chased by Saul, but what pressure does to us. There's a familiarity about this. If I carry on like this, David is saying, I am going to be destroyed. Let me run to Gath. David, as it were, had defeated the cry of the flesh, but now he finds himself going back to the place of the flesh. There is an element of backsliding here. There's an element of going back to a place of comfort and ease, a place where, okay, I'm going to be all right here. I'm hidden away. You know what? When we face pressure in our lives, we can be quite resolute at first, but as that pressure builds, or rather as that pressure continues and remains against us, there is something in our flesh that says, like, this is getting hard here. 
and I want to look after myself. God, are you really going to look after me? And it's almost as though David has got to that point where he said, like, wow, I'm going to be destroyed. Now, when you think about it, how ridiculous is this? God has said, God has said you are going to be king. Now, right now, we know the end of the story, so we know, oh, it's all going to be all right. But you see, faith has to take hold of the word of God and remain with it through whatever circumstances you're going through. And the pressure here has started to build so much that David is saying, whoa, I need to look after myself. Now, when I read this, I think to myself, wow, I've been in that place. When the pressure builds up, I find myself running to protect myself. And that's often when we go back to old patterns of behavior. We go back into the enemy's camp. Just like David, who had defeated Goliath, he finds himself going back to the enemy's camp. And that's where he's living at this time. David is under stress. It just reminded me when I was thinking about this, there is another man in the Bible who was also under stress. The word of God had been released to him. This is Abraham. He had been told, you, whose wife is barren, it's okay, you are going to be the father of many. God had told him. Now it says of Abraham, he believed God. But just like David, it wasn't just like he got told and then, okay, next week it's sorted out. He gets told and then it's years and years. I was actually looking for David when he was finally crowned as king of Israel to back in these days, it's something of the order of 17 years. That's what I think it to be, because he was crowned king at 30, and he would have been a young boy, and Saul was on the throne for like 42 years. So it's a long while. Abraham was the same. Abraham was 80 years old when he's being told, oh, you're gonna, you know, your wife's going to have a child. It's not until he's 100 that actually Isaac is born. But it says of him in Romans, it says this, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. You see, there's a place in the midst of pressure where we have to hold on to what God has said, no matter what is going on around us. The pressure's building. The pressure of ourselves, our flesh, wanting to find comfort is building. It's a reality. And we try to work it out. If we were to stay with the story of Abraham for a moment longer, he and his wife tried to work it out of their flesh at one point. Hey, let me see if, if you can have a child through my slave girl. That's not what God wants. God, when he speaks, he is declaring his word, and we need to arise in faith and take hold of his word. David, you have been anointed as king of Israel. It is my intention to put you in that place. But God, I can't see how. I can't see why. I can't see where this is all going to happen. When is it going to happen? And that's what happens with pressure. Pressure brings confusion. Pressure brings questions to us that we don't seem to be able to find answers to. And so we look for answers within ourselves. And that is a dangerous thing. The pressure in David's life was growing. Point one, pressure builds. Point two, pressure blows. You know what happens when the pressure in a tyre keeps going? I remember once at home, we had this football, and there was an adapter that my dad had, which you could use on a, um, 
on an air pump at a garage. So I thought very helpfully, I don't think the ball was mine actually, I think it was my sister's. So very helpfully, I took it down there with my dad to blow it up. <laughs> I think really we should have just used the bicycle pump. Anyway, you can imagine what happened when we started putting the air in from the... Bang! That was the... That's what happens, the pressure increases. Eventually things blow up. And you know what? This is what seemed to happen for David. David goes to Gath and he goes there to be with King Achish. And he, in discussions with Achish, Achish eventually says to him, look, go and live in this town called Ziglag. There's a, a town there, you can live there, you can be safe, you can just get on with your life, and I can get on with my life. David had a good relationship with this king, even though he was one of the Philistine rulers. And it gets to the point where the Philistines decide it's time for us to go back to war against Israel. And David hears of this, and David offers his services to Achish to support the Philistines against Israel. Can you hear what's going on here? How could this have got to this place? David, who is this great king, and we will read more or speak more about him hopefully next week. So we know of his greatness, but you know what? Pressure does strange things to people. Because here is the one who conquered Goliath that enabled Israel to win a battle. And now we find that David has gone to live in the enemy's camp and now he is serving the purposes of the enemy and is even saying, I will come with you to fight against Saul and against Israel. I wonder if his heart had now got so confused he's trying to work out a way in which he could actually kill Saul himself. I don't know. Because he'd already said, I don't want to kill Saul. God, he's God's anointed. I don't know what's going on. I just know it's confusion. So anyway, David travels with the Philistines from way down where you saw they go right up country to where they're going to go and fight against Israel. So they have to march there and David goes with them. And he's, with, he's there with Achish and when they arrive all the Philistine rulers are there with their own troops and they're gathering together and Achish is there saying, guys look we've got David with us, we're going to be great, he's a great warrior. And the other Philistine rulers say, what on earth are you playing at? What are you playing at? This guy, David, this is the one of whom Israel declares, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. We know that he is in enmity with Saul. What easier way of getting back with Saul could he have than come up behind us and destroy us? There's no way he's fighting with us. So they say to Achish, I don't know what you're going to do about it, but he's not fighting, you need to send him home. So, Achish goes to David and says, I'm sorry, the guys don't want you to fight. There's some problems. I don't know what the conversation was, but anyway, David and his troops have to take the march all the way back. So they go back three days' march and they go back to their camp at Ziglag. The pressure is building. David is confused. Whose allegiance is he giving himself to? Is it to the Philistines? Or is it to Israel? The pressure has built and he is confused. Confusion comes to us and it affects us. It affects us in many ways. Does God really love me? I know he's said it, but does he really love me? Is it worth going back to church? We get confusion. We get questions. We're thinking, is God for me or is he not for me? Why should I bother to church? Maybe these things are getting too much for us. Have we ever had those situations come to us? 
Are you coming to church today? No, 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 I'm staying at home. I, I just can't face it. But you must come. You're the pastor. The, these, these things happen to all of us. And I know that's a stupid joke. The truth is, as pressure builds in our lives, we start to run away. We start to hide. We start to make excuses. Our minds get confused. We no longer seem to be able to hold on to the truth. And that is exactly what happened to David. So David sent back from the battle, and he arrives back at Ziglag, and we're going to take up our story here, 1 Samuel 30, verses 1 to 6. David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev, that's the area where Ziglag was, and Ziglag. They attacked Ziglag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Just stop at that moment. You see, when the pressure builds, it suddenly gets to a point when that's it. David is living in the enemy's territory. He's been to try to serve in the army against Israel. That's been stopped. He's come back, and now his wife, his belongings, his family, everything he owns has been stolen. He has nothing, and his men are there, and their families have gone too. They had no strength left to weep. David's two wives have been captured, Ahioam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. This is the pressure is blowing. It's blown up. What is going to happen now? And we find we get to points in our lives where that's what seems to happen. It all seems to go wrong. There's phrases that people use about stuff hitting the fan and things like that. This is one of those moments. He's living in Philistine territory. He's lost his family. He's lost his wives, his possessions. And now David has lost the support of his men. The pressure reaches its highest point. What is David going to do now? Pressure builds. Pressure blows. Point three, pressure release. We're just going to read the end because we didn't read quite to the end of 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But, it says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Why did it take until now I'm not saying, and we don't know how much he'd been seeking God or when he'd been seeking God, but praise God, when the pressure really finally blew up, there was only one place where he could go. And so David had to go to strengthen himself in God. He's got nothing. His possessions, his family have been taken from him, 
the men who have supported him for so many years and been with him, they are thinking and talking about wanting to stone him to get rid of him. He who had been anointed as king and suddenly he finds that he's not able to be king because nothing seems to be happening about that. He gets to this point and he has to find strength in God. Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. John 1, 4, verse 4, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Isaiah 54, verse 17, No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. Listen, folks, the only true and sure way for any of us to deal with pressure is that we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. That's the only way we can stand. If we don't go to God, the flesh will rise up within us. And we've seen the story with David's life. This is this guy who's like the man after God's heart. But you see, it can still happen to a person after God's heart. We have to maintain that place of bringing ourselves before God and of strengthening ourselves in God. How do we do that? Sometimes it's a case of just stopping in the midst of everything. The Word of God says, be still and know that I am God. It's a case of us stopping, reflecting and reminding ourselves of who God is. We have to go back to basics. We have to remind ourselves, who was it who created the heavens and the earth? Who is it who gives me breath? Who is it that sustains me? Who is it that has made my body? My body is indeed wonderfully made. It heals itself. It's an incredible instrument. It's powerful. It's mighty. We need to reflect ourselves of who God is. We need to refresh ourselves in the knowledge of our true identity. I'm not a nobody. I'm not a nothing. I don't care what people are saying about me. I have been made by him and for him. My identity, first and foremost, needs to be found in him. He is my God and I am his child. I'm not saying this is easy to do. I'm just saying that if we're going to overcome pressure, we have to press in to discover who he is. David strengthened himself in God in that moment. And that is what enabled him to overcome. We need to find strength and comfort in the fact that God does know the plans that he has for us. And even when it seems that we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, what did David write? In that place, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff are with me. The staff is the shepherd's crook that's used to get you out of danger, to pull you back. What does the rod do? Don't do that. It keeps you in line. There's a discipline that God brings to us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though pressure seems to be overwhelming in my life, even though those circumstances seem to be coming against me relentlessly, we can find strength in God. And even in a dark place, he is with us. He knows the plans he has for us, and those plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. And the word of God cannot be destroyed. Draw near to him, the word says, and he will draw near to us. 
That is what God has promised. And we can say, Lord, you have promised that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. It's not about relying on men. If we rely upon men and women and relationships with men and women, they are going to fail. But we rely upon the word of God and what he has said to us. The word of God cannot fail because God is not a liar. He only speaks the truth. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. It is time to seek the Lord until he rains down righteousness upon you. That's what the word says. Find real strength, real peace and acceptance in the midst of pressure in him. We come to worship him. That's what we need. We need him. David in the midst of pressure. He strengthened himself. Notice it says he strengthened himself. He found strength. He was having to do it himself. When pressure comes against you, and you've got to find strength in God, you can talk to others, you can find comfort with others, but in the end, you have to strengthen yourself. It's your relationship with God that matters, not your friend's relationship that matters. And we have to have an individual relationship with God. Let me ask you this morning, have you got an individual relationship with God, or are you basing your relationship upon somebody else's faith? God loves you for who you are, and he wants relationship with you, despite whatever you've done. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The power of the cross is that he has broken the authority that the enemy has over your life, so that no matter if the lion, uh, if the enemy is roaring, the lion of Judah roars more loudly. And he who is with you will never leave you or forsake you. He has said that. David strengthened himself in the Lord, in God himself, and that enabled him to overcome. It's interesting to note at this point, this is the turning point of everything. Because it's in the battle that the Philistines were having those days away, those days march away. The battle that was being commenced with the Philistines and Israel. It was in that battle that the Philistines killed Saul. The king of Israel was now dead. God had done some amazing things. And we can't actually fathom out God. I, I, let me tell you what I think you need to do with my life. We often seek to do that. And we often get it wrong. We don't understand his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. But if we surrender ourselves to God, if we submit ourselves, if we find our strength in him, in the midst of pressure, we can overcome the cry of the flesh, which just wants comfort and ease. We can overcome through the power of Jesus himself. So I want to encourage you, and I don't know what your situation is, whether it's pretty much okay or whether there's severe pressure and storms that seem to be surrounding your life. I want to encourage you to refresh yourself in the living God and find strength in Him. Because it is only in Him and through Him that we are able to overcome. He is the one who will help us. And He is the one who will strengthen us. And we have to do it for ourselves. We have to go there for ourselves because God wants to meet with us as individuals and strengthen us.
May He be glorified in our lives. May He enable us to overcome. It's so easy to go to comfort and ease. It's more difficult to find strength in the Lord. But if we're to overcome pressure, it's strengthening ourselves in the Lord that will do it, not going to comfort and ease. Father, we want to bless you. We want to thank you that you are a God who speaks relevant messages into our lives today. Father, I pray, let your presence, Lord, rest upon every soul. Minister your grace into every life. You alone know the secrets of our hearts and you alone know the agony of our souls. So, Father, please, in the cry of the hearts that are going up before you, about relationship situations, about marriage situations, about financial situations. Father, will you please minister your grace? Lord, those that are finding it difficult to connect with you, to find their strength in you, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a light that would come on in their lives that would draw them to you because you are the source of all things. Father, may there be a release of pressure this morning as people turn towards you for their source and their strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.